Beyond toleration be the love Before pride and exaltation be the love Be the love You are listening to Be the Love to awaken our souls. We are souls on the journey and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings. We are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. This is Adrian Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Mia Tarduno. This is Dig with Sacred Fire Arts, and you're listening to Be The Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be The Love to Awaken Our Souls. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. And this is our segment called Speak the Love. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. If you have enjoyed listening to our show, we would be so grateful for a five-star written review on iTunes. Reviews help the show become more visible and spread the word to others. We have a growing Facebook group we would love to invite you to be a part of. Please find our community called Awakening Souls. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a moment to get centered with us. I'd like to begin to invite you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy, and breathing out anything you are ready to release. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself, and breathing out that light and love and sending it to all of humanity, remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. So welcome to another episode of Speak the Love. Today, we are going to be talking about rituals and why they're important, because rituals really are the cornerstone of life, you know, in your daily existence and, and how you move through your day and having an anchor to come back to. And for me, it's really important to have these rituals and I've gone without rituals and I, I know that I tend to feel lost without them. But when I have something important of coming back to and to center myself with throughout the day, it really helps me to connect back to myself and to the larger community and the world. And so today we're going to spend some time talking about that. And so, so first, yeah, what is a ritual? How do we, you know, um, what, how do we define what a ritual is for us and why is it important? I think I could speak to that. I, 
I initially, I think I thought rituals were something like I had to do. And I think a lot of that was from my, you know, my upbringing and some of the family rituals that we did around holiday times, um, on Sundays, things like that. And I never, I never really thought of it as a choice, really. This, these are just things that, you know, as a kid, this is what we were supposed to do on a certain day or a certain time of the year. And it probably wasn't until I was much older that I looked at the significance really of like gathering together and having a special meal or prayer or, you know, something that really kind of connected my, my family and my friends together. And now um, ritual has just such a more sacred meaning to me rather than just the, well, this is just what we do at this time of year. Absolutely. And, you know, I can't really remember having too many rituals as a child, um, although we did eat family dinners together. So that was a, a nice ritual that was in my younger years. And, um, and that felt really good to have that sense of family and community. But now it's definitely for me has taken on a different meaning, you know, bringing in ritual, like my morning ritual is very important to me. You know, the first thing I do when I wake up is I will, you know, take care of business um, and I, then I'll go into my meditation. And that meditation time for me is very important. I will, you know, make some cacao, some special heart centering, some ceremonial cacao or matcha tea or sometimes regular tea, depending on what I'm in the mood for. And it's really about, you know, listening to my body and what, what I'm feeling called for in that day, but then really bringing that into my meditation space and honoring the medicine that it's bringing and being able to center myself to start the day. And that might include doing some journaling or gratitude or some heart centering practice that feels really sacred to me. And that, and then I, you know, start to envision my day, but that, that helps me to connect back to myself and the, my family and the people who are close to me and then out to the, the rest of the world. And it really does help bring in that sense of connectedness that I think many people are so um, taken away from. They're so feeling disconnected, you know, that feeling of that illusion, that feeling of separation that we have oftentimes. Yes, that's very true. I think the shift for me came when I started looking at rituals as a, a more internal experience, that connection to source or to my highest wisdom, wisdom, as opposed to it just being another thing to do, you know, with, with my family at a certain time of year. And I do love the early morning time. It's this very mystical and spiritual time of the day for me. And it gives me a time to be quiet and to embrace maybe the rising of the sun um, if I am up that early and to have some time to really center in and feel connected with myself first and my connection with just universal love. Uh, and, I, and I too love to do meditation. Um, it varies on what type of meditation. Sometimes it's guided, sometimes it's silent, 
Sometimes it's, you know, listening to music, uh, usually like binarial beats music or something that uh, is very like theta brain wave inducing. I love, I just love the, you know, auditory sense and connecting in with that. Sometimes I'll light a candle, uh, especially if I'm really trying to connect to my own inner light. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just try and create some sacred space into my ritual because I think ultimately that's what we are really um, yearning to do as humans is just to find the sacred in our you know mundane everyday tasks. Mm-hmm. And I think you hit on something really important there because I think the important part is finding that variety. So we're not doing the same things all the time because that can be monotonous and mundane at times, you know, if you're, if you are doing the same thing and, and I think it can be difficult and, and maybe some people might enjoy that. Um, I know for myself anyways, I need that variety. It keeps me motivated. It keeps things, you know, connected and I really thrive and, and look forward to those moments, you know, in the morning. And so, you know, it might include doing some movement too, some yoga or stretching, um, things that are, are going to be beneficial for my body in that moment, because that's really important as well as creating, like you said, that sacred space. So I'll, you know, even do some, I'll do some sage and like, you know, move the sage around or some Palo Santo or some sort of energy clearing tool or, or medicine that, will help move the energy as well and clear that space and make it even more sacred. So adding some of those tools can be really helpful to really creating that sacred space for ourselves and, and to look forward to that time that we have. Yes. I definitely look forward to my quiet morning time and it does change. It changes with the seasons, whether that's like the seasons outside of, you know, spring, summer, Um, It also changes with whatever season, personal season I'm going through as well. I know you mentioned journaling. Um, For me, journaling is a great way, uh, especially after I am done meditating, possibly some deeper breathing work because breath work is something I am always trying to uh, be more attuned with because that's that, that energy flow within. And then I journal and I call it like divine downloads. Uh, so when sort of like creative sparks come in, a lot of times I will journal those out and write those out. And it becomes this sort of um, dance, if you will, of the process of me sort of filtering through these um, these um, amazing creative ideas that I'm like, wow, that would have never have come from, from my small self. This is something so much bigger. And I try and capture those down and, and put them on paper. Uh, and so that's a really sacred part of, of my morning time as well. Absolutely. I think too, when, when we take the time for ourselves in during these rituals, you know, those are the times where you do get those divine inspirations because your mind is having a moment to quiet and our minds, you know, at that time of morning are probably most quiet anyways, just because we're getting, you know, first thing in the morning, right. And our minds don't have a time to get energized throughout by the day. And so having that quiet time, and then we can finally listen to those divine sparks of what's coming in. And that's, you know, those are the times where things 
start to really flow for me as well. And I know you mentioned like the different times of the year and that that's another you know, important ritual is working with the different solstices or the equinoxes, you know, new moons, full moons, um, you know, new years, because those are all rituals as well. I, you know, for new years, I will create a vision, a vision board, my goals, my, you know, Sankalpa. I know you talk a lot about the Sankalpa and I've been doing that for the last few years. And that's just a really different way to bring in different energy to, to that in that, in that time of year and that ritual. And those become a very important part of anchoring in the visions and the heart space of what we want to really create. Yes, it is very much putting ourselves in the role of co-creator with, with universe. And yes, I'm, I am uh, definitely an advocate of a Sankalpa. And for the listeners who aren't sure what that is, it, it's a Sanskrit term. It's the yogic version of a resolution. It's this vow to our highest self or our true nature. And I actually carry that Sankalpa with me um, throughout the year. And I kind of take a little review, like, you know, businessmen or women would talk about having like a quarterly review. Well, I have my seasonal review of my Sankalpa. So when spring equinox comes, I just kind of take a check-in, like, is this something that still aligns to my heart's deepest desire? And if it's like a definite yes, and I carry it through the spring season, and then I check in again at summer solstice. And so I have these touch points, if you will, of, of checking in and seeing, am I still energetically aligning in the direction to where I really want to go with my life? Um, and I think those are so important. Otherwise, I mean, as you know, we just, we can just go day through day through day, just, you know, trying to get through the next day and get all the things checked off the to-do list. And, and when we live in that place there, it just feels like there isn't as much meaning or purpose to our lives. And so I think this whole idea of having sacred rituals at certain times of the year, or even cycles of the moon, um, allow us to connect back in to what we, you know, what we really want to um, align to in this lifetime that we get and what we really want to resonate and put out, you know, into the world. Absolutely. I think that's really important, you know, which is why these rituals are so important. I, you know, I, I know for myself, you know, before I really connected to the ritual and the importance of it, I did feel lost. You know, I didn't feel like I had much purpose or meaning and I wasn't connecting with myself as much and my mind was all over the place because I didn't have that focus and once I really started connecting with the cycles of the earth and my day and that how I recognized I finally recognized that I was a co-creator and I wasn't here alone doing it because I think there's so much, you know, in our culture, we are taught that, you know, we have to be doing it all by ourselves and that can lead to, you know, feelings of loneliness and isolation, but recognizing that there are bigger forces at work, you know, that are helping to support us in co-creating the life that we truly want. But we all have to set the intention to really connect with ourselves and these rituals 
to really set the forth the vision so we have we can work co-creatively with that energy. Yes, I totally agree. And it can even come in like the small moments. You know, I've learned to to take small bits of time throughout my day and make it just a really brief ritual, if you will. It just might be closing down my eyes so I'm not staring at a screen, uh, which I do, you know, a lot more of these days and just taking a few deep breaths and centering in. Um, And sometimes it might be just a really brief, you know, guided meditation uh, or sometimes it's a movement. Sometimes when I have been sitting too much, then I'm like, I'm going to go outside for a walk and just, you know, notice the trees and notice the birds singing and just really become connected in that present moment. And for me, those are just as sacred of rituals as, you know, my morning meditation time. Mm, absolutely. You know, and, and as those are important, the morning ritual a nighttime ritual is, you know, just as valuable because then you're, you're closing out your day in a sacred way as well. And so, you know, in my nighttime ritual, before I go to bed and, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready, um, I will take some time to really sit down and meditate and drink some tea and, and just have some gratitude, my heart space, you know, becomes just so activated. And I I try to keep that activated as much as I can, you know, and consciously throughout the day. And it's, it's been a practice, of course, over the years, but, you know, really connecting to my heart space at night, before I go to bed with gratitude and tea and just really sitting and reflecting on what went well during the day and just feeling that deep gratitude and the way we go to sleep, you know, what we focus on before we go to bed. So I don't, you know, I, I turn off all screens as well because, you know, focusing on say TV or, you know, the news or, you know, violent images, that's going to set the stage for nighttime of, you know, what you're thoughts are going to be focused on. I remember at one point in my life, I, I wasn't sleeping very well and I'd wake up really tired and I'd have these weird dreams. And, you know, this was probably, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, but like, I remember I just, I didn't, I couldn't figure it out. Why am I not sleeping well? You know? And then I realized I'm like, I'm going to, my thoughts are focused on all these anxious thoughts and I, you know, wasn't productive for me and the TV screens, you know, or, or the movies or TV I was watching at night. And so I, once I turned that off, I, it was like, my mind got to rest during the night because I wasn't actively thinking about those things, even though I wasn't conscious while I was sleeping, if that makes sense. No, that totally makes sense. I, I believe it was uh, the late Dr. Wayne Dyer that said, um, you know, the thoughts that you have right before you go to bed at night will marinate. I, I remember mm-hmm. he used that word, will marinate in your brain, you know, through your subconscious for, you know, however long, hopefully eight hours um, that you are sleeping. And I remember he was just adamant about, you know, being aware and, you know, set, like you mentioned, sending gratitude, um, just really reflecting on what you do want to marinate into your subconscious so that you wake up, you know, being that person you really want to be and show up as. Um, I know for me, I started doing some, uh, just some light reading 
And I actually try to make it more of a spiritual type book. And that sort of helps me set the stage for what I am going to um, marinate basically into my subconscious that night. So I, I do actually have a really short journaling process, kind of like a gratitude journal before I go to bed. And then I will read usually from a spiritual type author, something that just really sets in the tone of love and hope and joy, the things that I really want to um, just immerse in to every cell in my body. And so that I do wake up feeling like, yes, I get to do this day as opposed to, oh my gosh, this day is going to be done to me, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Because then that takes also the victim mentality out of it because we can create our day and we can create our night right? We are the creators and we get to choose this choice on, on how we want to show up in the world and what we want to put into our bodies. It doesn't mean it's not just about the food we eat and that's important too, but it's about the energy that we are consuming, whether or not it's what we're reading or what we're focused on, the books, the social media, the news, the movies, right? And so it's that energy that we're taking in and we get to choose what we want to bring into our, our lives, into our bodies and create that. Yeah, so true. I think oftentimes, you know, we forget that we can choose our own sacred space and we can do that through the rituals that we set up for ourselves, whether that's meditation, movement, breathing, um, and whether we do this as a daily type ritual, if we do it at certain seasons, if we do it even with like moon cycles is another beautiful way to honor the cycles within ourselves. Um, and then also we can bring in some plant medicine. Like I uh, love hosting um, cacao ceremonies. That's been one thing that has really helped me bring um, a sacredness at you know certain times of the month sometimes they coordinate with like a full moon or new moon cycle but just to let in that sacred energy of the plant um, in a very gentle way um, or sometimes it might be you know tea or something else that just kind of allows us to be fully present with all of our senses you know especially smell and taste uh, and that we can just take in all the beautiful energy of the plant and realize that, you know, we are that same energy uh, as the plant is as we take it in. And so I would just encourage our listeners to find, you know, spaces in your day to make it sacred. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I feel like, you know, life will then just pass us by. And I know for me, like I, I want to make the most of this one beautiful life that I get uh, and just really be connected, uh, not just to, you know, the things that I do, but who I am and uh, what I get to, what I get to cultivate in this lifetime for however, however long that I get. Absolutely. Me too. You know, I've, I've experienced the other side and, you know, recognize that, I mean, everything's a path and it has a process and, you know, there's no destination. We're just on this path, but we get to choose how we want to live this path and we get to create that. And when we show up in, in these ways, 
you know, we get to really choose what we want to bring into our life. And I, I totally agree with, I mean, the plant medicine, that is a sacred connection too, and recognizing that plants have messages and they have energy and we are taking in that energy and we get to choose what we want to consume and the relationship we have with the plants that you know are so beautifully grown on mother earth and that's one of the reasons i love working with cacao as well and you know doing ceremony and around that and other plants because of the energy they bring and to recognize that we're not separate from those either, but we can choose to connect with them and build a relationship with them because the relationship we have with them, they're going to begin to really work with us in deeper and profound ways. And I've had some pretty profound experiences, but it's when we get, when we get conscious and set intention around working with those medicines and creating rituals around them. And that's a beautiful way to really incorporate the, the medicine and finding a deeper connection with all that is, including ourselves. Mm, I love that. Yes. Finding our own medicine and really connecting with who we really are. Mm-hmm. And if you are interested in supporting Be The Love podcast and the work that we are doing in the world, please consider a donation of $25 to Patreon and we will gift you with Stacy's book, Your Empowered Soul, A Natural Pathway to Healing Anxiety and Depression, and receive a 20-minute holistic health consultation with me, Brenda Carey. And thank you so much for listening to Be The Love Podcast. If you have enjoyed listening to our show, please share the love by sharing it with your friends. You can give us a five-star written review on iTunes, like us on Facebook, or make a donation by visiting our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash Be The Love Podcast. And stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Christy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphic. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey to align to our divine purpose and shine our lights. So keep on shining.